Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. If you are wondering where that is in your copy of the scriptures, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of the Bible. If you start right from the very beginning, Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you would turn there. Now, I'm just going to ask you some questions here. This is typically the week, and you know it, for New Year's resolutions. Do you have a New Year's resolution picked out? Now, I'm just going to, I did a little search on the top New Year's resolutions. I'm going to give some to you, and then I'm going to have you guess the top New Year's resolution. I think you'll know exactly what it is. So one, New Year's resolution, these are in the top 10. Here's a few for you. Um, many people put down travel more. Okay, travel more, that was number 10. Uh, some people uh, put down read more books. Read more books. We have any people in here that would do something like that? Okay, okay. Most of you are normal. Um, there are some, no, just kidding. Uh, so read more books, it's a good thing. Land a new job, some people put down. Learn something new. Some of that involves. Um, you know, doing some online stuff or um, podcasts or whatever. Number five is start a business. That's an interesting one. And now I just want to leap into the top three. The top three. Of the top three, one is save money. Get out of debt and save money. And now we're at the top two. Now, I don't know if your mind is sharp here this morning, how you're thinking. The top two. Anyone want to venture guess? What would be the top one? Top New Year's resolution is to? Wow. I didn't even think of that one. Lose weight. That is the top one. And guess what the second one is? It goes along with losing weight. The E word. Exercise. Lose weight and exercise. Basically, if you go to the doctor's, and I've gone a couple times. He always tells me two things. You know what they are? He, he tells me two things. He says, no, no. When he puts the stethoscope on my back, he says, breathe in deep. And then he says, be quiet because I'm going to listen to your heart. Yes. He says, lose weight, exercise. Lose weight, exercise. I'm not sure what your New Year's resolutions are for this coming year. Um, you realize out of all of our New Year's resolutions, 8%, 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions keep them. So in other words, 92% of people do not lose weight. And uh, it's interesting though, what people set out in their heart, what they think is the most important thing, somewhere along the line, they lose heart, they stop, they give up. And they just give in. And then next year when we get close to January 1st, they're saying, I'm gonna do it. This year is my year. I'm gonna do it. It is gonna happen. And then somewhere around January 5th or 6th, they're like, this is just too much. Next year. And we keep thinking, it's gonna be that important. I'm gonna do it next year. Well, I'm gonna tell us something here this morning that I've said before. You've heard it before. And it's what we all must embrace. And when we do, there is absolutely nothing better. And these are reminders. 
This week and next week are just reminder meetings that we're going to have together. These are so critically important. This must be our, our spiritual resolution for 2022 and every year. This is the most important thing to God. In fact, Jesus, when he was asked by religious leaders, what is the greatest thing? What is the greatest commandment in the entire Bible? Now, there were 648 commands throughout the Old Testament that people adhered to. And the religious leader says, so what, what's most important? Out of all of them, what is the most important thing? So this must get our attention. Because we say out of all the things that we can resolve for this coming year, what is the thing we need to have down well? And here's what they are. The most important thing you can do in 2022, the most important thing you can do with your life, and Jesus' reply to him was this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So this week we're talking about reminding ourselves, love God. Next week, we're reminding ourselves, love our neighbor. The two top things we can do. So here we go, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. You've been sitting long enough. How about you stand with me? I'm going to pop these verses up on the screen. Let's just look at these. Think about it. This is the passage that, that Jesus quoted from when he talked to those Pharisees. And so here's how this works. So Imagine Jesus, this is what he was reading from, this is what he remembered. It's called the Shema, and it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hey, let's stand together, continue to stand, and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. I know, God, that there are so many things that are battling for our attention this morning. Still holiday plans, maybe some travels, maybe responsibilities coming up next week, and already we're jumping ahead, and I pray, Father, that you would just hit the pause button right now for everyone watching online, for everyone in this room. God, hit our pause button so that way we could take right up to the top of the flagpole the most important thing for our lives. God, help us personally and together as a family to embrace this. May it be our top priority. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a seat. Let's jump right into it. You know, the passage reveals some very vivid truths for us that we need to focus on here this morning. And I'm just going to give these three things to you, write them down, 
put them in, the, in your Bible, whatever it may be the case to help remember these things. But here's a few key truths from Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is what Jesus was trying to get across in loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And so number one, this is interesting. It's not a matter of if we love. So think about that. It's not a matter of if we love. Jesus didn't say love, like please love something. And the command in the Old Testament isn't just please love something. It's we already do love something. It's not a matter of if we love, but rather who or what we love. So it's not a matter of if we love, it's a matter of who we love. And so Jesus begins focusing on this Deuteronomy 6. And Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So this is, this is not just a theology lesson about how there's the triunity and he exists as one. This is way more than just a theology lesson. What they're getting at here is there is one God and of all that you could have your attention on, of all that you could be focusing on, of every other worshipped being that is out there, there really is one. Now, now Israel was surrounded by other nations that believed in polytheism. There was the sun god and the moon god and the god of fertility and the god of rain. There were all these other gods that all the nations around them focused on and worship these polytheists they loved many gods and god said the god of israel is one we worship him he's the true god he cares for all of these needs that you have in himself this is a very friends this is a very exclusive relationship that we have with god the only thing that I can even express this to you with, um, we have a document at home. And it's dated November 4th, 1995. This is probably the best illustration I can give. It. And it says, there's only one wife in my life. And she has only one husband. And here's how this thing works. There's, there's no one else in the world that can say that I belong to them except this little lady that's in my home. And if someone else ever came along and tried to lay claim to me, you know what? She can pull out that piece of paper and it's dated November 4th, 1995. It has been signed. It has been notarized. It's on legal file in Grand Rapids, Michigan that I am hers and no one else's. Now, for the record, she's never, ever had to do this. Uh, you know, since we've been married, not even my parents wanted me back. But that's the reality of it. There's an exclusivity to our relationship. And God says this. Hear it. Hear it. Shema. Hear, Israel. The Lord your God, he's one. This is an exclusive relationship that he has with his people. Now here's the reality of this love. We can love other gods more than God. We can. 
it's evident that there's a lot of things that compete for our affection. There are many things that try to pull us and allure us and distract us away from loving God. And in fact, if you just look down at verse 13 and 14, this is what what, uh, Moses continues in writing. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only. Take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. (laughs) Focus solely on God. It is possible that our affection can be lured away from God. And God is not stupid. He knows how easily our ultimate loyalty can drift away from him and onto other things and people and gratification and ambitions and how quickly our love grows elsewhere. And he is all but forgotten in the regular activity of life. It's kind of like our printed money And on every piece of printed money, there is this phrase. And it says, you know what it is, say it with me, in God we... All of our money says in God we trust. It's written there, that way we wouldn't trust in money, but we would trust in God. But even though it's still written there, how many still trust in money? And so it's very possible, even with this in front of our face, even with attending church... It's so easy to be drawn away and to love other things. And here's the other thing about loving God. It's even possible to love things about God more than God. Think about that. It's possible to love things about God more than loving God. It's kind of like the bride at the wedding who loves the dress, who loves the venue, who loves the guests, who loves the music, who loves the food, who loves the program and everything that is about the wedding and loses her focus on I'm here to marry a man. Well, for believers, we can get wrapped up in the dress, the venue, the guests, the music, the food, the programming, and forget the one who are really here to love. And in this passage, God reminds us there's the real issue is who we love. And he makes it very plain, the object of our ultimate love and loyalty needs to be him. And there's not even a close second. That's number one. It's not, it's number one. It's it's not a matter of if we love, but who we love. Here's number two. It's not just that we love God, but how we love God. It's not just that we love God, but how we love God. The smallest word in this passage is the biggest word. Let's see if you're if you follow on that, because the Bible says, love the Lord your God, and here's the smallest words, the biggest word, love the Lord your God with what? With all. With all. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. It's a big word. It gives a sense of being consumed with God. It gives a sense of This is to take up the entirety of me. And the word all, it just means exactly that, everything. Everything. We're all in, in every possible way. And it's interesting, he says, all of what? All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. 
And rather than hitting at some specifics, it would be nice if he just said, love God with all your church attendance. Love God with knowing all the songs. Love God in all of these different ways. But rather he talks about something that's passionate. It's from here. It's a sense of, of, of our commitment, of our effort, of our satisfaction, of our passion. Not just merely a list of do's and don'ts that I rattle off and check off. It's like I love God with all my being. I'm consumed with him. I think about him. I worship him. It's like he's a part of my everyday life. He's all of it. And so it's not just a matter of that we love God, but how we love him that truly matters. And then here's the third thing, and now we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. Loving God starts in us and then goes out to others. Starts in us and goes out to others. Just follow the sequence in verse 6. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. On your hearts. So it starts in our heart first. We can't give to others what we don't possess. Before I expect this in my kids, before I expect it in my grandkids, before I expect it in others around me, it's dependent that I need to have this in the first place and be contagious to others. Church leaders need to think, before I see it in the church, I need to see it in myself. And then it moves on, and that's verse 7. So it starts in your hearts, verse 7. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them. And here's ways we impress them. We're vocal about it. Talk about it. And notice he says, in all these situations, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you get up, it's like a 24-7. Whenever you connect with your kids, you're talking about loving God. It's more of an environment than just an event. And then he mentions it's a visual thing. It's not just a vocal thing, it's a visual thing because in verse 8 he says, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so these, in the Bible days, these are called tephilim and uh, phylacteries. And so these are things that they literally would take these boxes and they would wrap the leather around their arms or around their ankles and even on their forehead, and in that little box, they would open it up and they would pull out a little piece of paper, and here's what it said. It said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It was the first thing. And he says, let's make visuals. Put them on your house. On the doorposts of your house. Make it extremely visible that this is what God wants to be the first thing in our life. And then even with other people, the whole context of this is we do it personally, but then we do this with others. <clears throat> we impact other people to love God. Now, I know you've had a lot to do the past week in preparing for yesterday. I want to prepare us for this coming year. The most important thing we can do as a church is to love God. You with me? Yeah. Most important thing we can do as individuals is to love God. 
The most important thing your kids can do is love God. That's the greatest statement that we could, that we could ever have. And it needs to be all. And we need to be all in because when we're all in, it's in all that we do. And so let's just end this conversation where it all began. Jesus was talking to these Pharisees. And as he was conversing with them, they, they were trying actually to pigeonhole and trick him. And they said, um, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then he says, and to love your neighbors yourself. And he finishes with this, because on these two things hangs everything. Everything. Sometimes we get concerned with the everything and we forget about the main thing. It all hangs on loving God and loving people. So here's how we want to finish this up. I got three things to finish this up in our application. Number one, you can't love him until you come to the point that we realize he first loved us. He first loved us. We love him, the Bible says, because he first loved us. And so our love for him flows out of all that he has done for us. And so we need to believe. We need to accept the reality. Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sin our sin had made us estranged from God. It took us a long ways away. We were enemies with God, the text says. And so ultimately, the very first step in loving God is to know that he loved us and gave his life for us. What Christmas is all about. There's no other way to love God apart from knowing that he loved you first and gave his life for you. Here's number two. Start rubbing off on others. Rubbing off on others. Uh, I, I want to encourage you. Here's some things you can do in the next year. You can decorate your house with some loving God themes. You can get some plaques. You can get some notes. You can put things around your house. You can get some pictures. Reminders all around your house. We need to love God. We need to love God. For some of you, you might get jewelry. You might get a tattoo. You might end up putting things in your car for when you're driving. But to have reminders. I need to have this be the first thing in my life. To be a part of other people where we can remind them as well, you know, there's nothing better that we can do than to love God. He loved us first through the cross. We love him in return to have some visible reminders. Here's the third thing. To worship him. We worship who we love. To worship him through scripture. Here's some things you can do for this next year. You can, you can say, you know what, I want to get into the Bible app. I wanted to get into the scriptures. I need to do some devotionals. 
I need to have some reminders of who this God is that I love, to be into the scriptures, to be in prayer, to worship him in song, to worship him with others. Because there's nothing better we can do than to love God. Would you stand with me? I want you to think about this next year coming up, and it involves not me so much as it involves you and God. Would you reflect on God just for a moment? Do you believe he loved you first? Do you believe in your heart truly that Jesus gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for your sin? To rescue you from the punishment of God that we deserve? Do you believe that? And if not, would you take the next moment and express to God that you realize you're a sinner, you realize this is why Jesus came on Christmas, was ultimately to die, to bear the penalty for our wrong, our sin, so that we can be forgiven and whole. Would you express that to God? That's the best thing you could do for this new year. To give your life to him as your savior, your rescuer, and as your Lord, your boss. For all the rest of us, I'm there. I get distracted. I get busy. And can we do things to remind us first things first? First things first. It is about loving God. Worshiping him with all that we are. Reminding us about that. Can I get beyond the weight loss and put that at the top of our list? for 2022. Love God with all. Love God with all. If you have a commitment you want to make to God right now in the quiet, would you do that? Just in the stillness and the quiet, would you talk to God in your heart? A commitment you want to make to Him. I'll give you a moment of silence. Do that, please. So, Father, awaken us. Grab our attention from all the allurements around. Father, I pray that you would enable us to be drawn with jaws on the ground in awe and wonder at how great you are. May we worship you, love you with all. All that we are, all that we have, with all the passion within. Father, help us to not forget. May this be something, God, that this people and our church are known for. We love God.
we love others. Thank you for loving us first. We're sunk without you. Thank you for Jesus, for Christmas, for his death for us, his resurrection. We love you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.